for some strange reason today, Love folks. Talk Radio. So, here it is. <laughs> we are out of things. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits, and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. This is an interesting morning with all the technological things going a little goofy. I'm wondering what the goofiness is all about, but I'll tell you that after this program, you're going to wonder about how limited you are in your thinking because you think that things that are happening in your life are goofy or that are happening in other people's lives are goofy. Now, the reason I say that is because I want you to truly open yourself up to what you are about to hear on all sorts of different levels, that you'll put the skeptic aside just long enough to be able to consider the reality of Trisha Lesage's experiences so that you might actually consider how you're going to expand your own experiences with our current understanding of what it means to talk about parallel universes or multi-universes that are even being explored within the fields of quantum physics and et cetera, that we will have different things quoted on our Facebook that are related to the science and such. We just put something on last week. In addition, you can also recognize that what we're about to talk about is your ability or power to live beyond what you thought were your human limitations. But without further ado, I want to introduce you to Trish Lesage. Trish, you're there. Yes, I am. Thank you for having me on the show. (laughs) Our technological goofiness is not affecting you this way. That's great. But you have had a lot of incredibly strange experiences by the ordinary human's point of view, but not necessarily by your own. And I'm wondering if you can talk to us about the journey of being able to travel in and out of different parallel universes. Um, Yes, uh, several years ago I began noticing things being different, you know, in my everyday ordinary life, you know, as I was going about my ordinary life, and and it took me a while to figure out what was going on, and I would notice people, especially celebrities, that I thought had died in the past, you know, being alive again, and TV shows being different, and people's memories of the past being totally different from what I remember things to have happened, and... TV shows being advertised as being brand new, and I'd been seeing them advertised and being on TV uh, for the past six months or so, and just strange, you know, experiences happening. And I finally realized that um, I must be experiencing crossing over into parallel universes. And ever since I wrote my book, I've had people come to me and say they've experienced these situations as well so I've realized that I'm not alone in this it's not something that I'm you know fantasizing or dreaming you know it's something that's real and it's happening to not just me it's happening to many other people as well okay so now uh, Trish Lestage is talking about uh, one of her books called um, Traveling to Parallel Universes is this also in Meditations for Past Lives Starred Seeds and Soulmates or just Traveling to Parallel Universes Um, The discussion about parallel universes is only in the book Traveling to Parallel Universes, and then the other book is The Meditations for Past Lives, Starseed, Soulmates, and Beyond. That's a book in which people can actually record themselves on a tape recorder or have a friend read like a meditation script, and they can explore their past lives and all sorts of other interesting things. Okay, now, so Trish, you have dived right into the topic, which I greatly appreciate, because people, obviously, have seen this on the title and turning in for it. I want to to ground the listeners in your background. You are a best-selling author on Amazon. You're a writer for magazines and articles in metaphysics, self-empowerment, spiritual awakening, ascension, body, mind, spirit topics. You've contributed to Sedona Journal of Emergence, The Magical Times of Watkins Mind, Body, Spirit, and another one of your books is called Manifesting Success in Relationships Career, and another one is your business via numerology. So you are conversant. You uh, explain 
your experiences and your perspective to people in an articulate fashion. Uh, you are not uh, a, a crazy person. <laughs> I hope not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like when it's a description that you had to even ask yourself, boy, is this craziness? Is this fantasy? Am I looping? Am I losing something? What was it like to go through that period of self-doubt or self-quandary uh, when you know the rest of the planet is probably going to do that until you find a few compatible people saying, you know, between you and I, I've been been there, done that as well. So what was it like for you to transition from skepticism and confusion into, okay, this is real. This is happening. It's it's very interesting because I went from a stage of not even realizing it was happening to weird things happening, you know, like the people being alive again and all the things that I already mentioned and sitting there wondering why it was happening and then stumbling upon information you know, explaining what it is that I could be experiencing. And um, yes, there is a period of time in which you doubt and you question yourself whether or not you're imagining everything or whether you are... I, I don't think I ever thought I was going crazy. I just wondered, you know, is this real? You know, it just seems so, you know, far-fetched. And, and so I doubted myself and wondered if everything was real. And sometimes you wonder if you're imagining things. And But then, like you said, when you meet other people that are saying, hey, I've experienced this as well, then you start to think, okay, <laughs> there's something that's happening with people that isn't imagination and it's not craziness. It's truly a scientific um, thing that's happening. I guess science now is realizing that parallel universes do in fact exist. They're doing experiments with um, plants and different animals and finding out that it is very possible. You know, it's interesting because Don, um, Donald Barish, who, Dr. Donald Barish, who has uh, emerged from Area 51, talks about the experiences and the experiments that the government is actually financing, or at least branches of the undergovernment is financing, and in being able to travel to and from different time zones and possibly different parallel universes. So the, even the government is participating in this, and of course through their remote viewing and their Stargate uh, projects. Uh, th this is not a new uh, a description. Plus, Yogananda talks about being able to go from one dimension to another, from one, you know, bilocation or bifurcation. The Hindus have had this as part of their campaign to the human capacity for well over 3,000 years. Um, but did you know any of these sorts of things before you began to identify what's happening to you? No, I had no idea about any of the science behind any of it. Um, I hadn't even read any articles or any books about it. And so when it started to happen, that's why I guess I had a little bit of doubt at first and wondered what in the world was going on. But then I realized, you know, I connected with Cynthia Sue Larson on RealityShifters.com, and she writes, a, she writes a newsletter about, you know, these sorts of things as well. And so she really helped me to realize that, you know, all of this is real, and she has a scientific background as well and can explain the science of a lot of it. And um, so I didn't know anything about the science behind it beforehand, and when I wrote my book about some of the things that I was experiencing, come to find out um, she had experienced some of the same things that I had too. And she also has written a book about, you know, parallel universes in which she explains some of this phenomenon, you know, as well. So she refers to that as reality shifters or the quantum jump, jumping process. How many of you are there? Or do you think that all of us have this capacity or that we actually all do it and we, we, we remain out of touch with when it's happening? I think that it happens to people, you know, even if you don't realize it or if you're out of touch. I think it really does, but it just takes, you know, someone to notice these things because what I've found is going to parallel universes, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's totally different from the universe we're in, like it's a total foreign environment. The places that I've been to, 
they look exactly the same, but you'll notice, you know, a few differences. And so it takes someone to be very perceptive in these cases to even realize that it's happening. When people start having totally different memories of the past and you notice people being alive again after, you know that they died and things of that nature, you know that something's definitely happening and that you're definitely in a different place that has a totally different history. Well, I'm about to ask you for some specific examples. Um, But before that, um, you also mentioned in, in your book that you found yourself going to different places and also helping individuals, uh, like you were there at a timely manner to kind of affect some sort of positive change. And there's a whole Canadian uh, uh, sci-fi episodic uh, program on Netflix, sponsored by Netflix, on this exact same process. Um, so what what do you think that is about in terms of you being an angel in someone else's life in a parallel universe? Well, it's correct. You know, I often find myself usually jumping to a different place whenever somebody needs help, especially animals, because I take care of wildlife on a daily basis. And um, so I think that it it happens. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is the reason why, but I mention it in my book, but Sylvia Brown wrote a book called Mystical Tra- Traveler, and she said that mystical travelers are souls that tend to be sent wherever they're needed and when I read her book I thought oh that sounds very interesting I would love to do something like that you know be of need and go and help wherever I'm needed and I don't know if that's the reason why if I put an intent out there and this is why I've noticed myself seeming to be in a place exactly at the time when someone needs help but um, I think that you know Sometimes we are exactly where we need to be to help someone else out, you know, to lend a helping hand. Okay, you ready to uh, submerge us in your experiences, actual events? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Go for it. Choose. <laughs> choose, choose, choose events or uh, circumstances that will help us kind of dive in one of these with you? Well, I had one recently, and it's not in my book, Traveling to Parallel Universes, because it just happened a few months ago. And this is kind of part of an example of what tends to happen. When I go to a universe that is of a higher vibration than the one that we're currently in, I often feel... Uh, healing taking place on an energetic level so I'll feel almost like I have the flu or cold like symptoms I'll feel tired sometimes I feel dizzy and ungrounded and I just feel like I'm healing because my energy vibration is being raised to go to the universe that is of a higher energy vibration my energy vibration needs to match the energy vibration of the universe that I'm going to. And if I go to a lower vibration universe, I feel a huge wave of negative energy coming to me to lower my vibration down so that I go to a lower vibration universe. Well, one day I was out taking a walk and I passed by a playground near my home and I noticed two little baby raccoons were at the side of the road they were alive and they were about to step out into the busy road and I you know went into a rescue type mode and ran across the street and picked the two babies up and since I was near a playground I placed them in the playground and shut the fence so that they couldn't get out and I was going to go home and call an animal uh, rescue operation or company to come maybe get the babies and try to find the mother and on my way home which is only like maybe a five minute walk from the playground I started feeling energy adjustments taking place and healing like I was going to jump to another place 
and I walked up the stairs and remember feeling dizzy as I was coming into my home and I got out the phone book and called was going to call the animal rescue organization and I couldn't get a hold of anybody on the phone so I left a message and I was, you know, afraid for the welfare of the babies, so I returned back to the playground after I left the phone messages with the animal rescue organizations and only about maybe 15 minutes had elapsed between the time I had left the babies on the playground and walked home and made a few phone calls and then went back to the playground. And when I went back to the playground, I was surprised because the babies were nowhere in sight. I searched everywhere several times on the playground, you know, in the fenced-in area and all around the building, could not find the babies anywhere. They were totally gone. And when I was starting to leave the area, I happened to look back behind me and I could see the babies, not as solid as what we are, but yet they were definitely there, Um, not ghostly looking. They were in color, but I saw them walking behind me. And this this type of a situation also happened recently with my cat. I opened the front door after I had gone somewhere, she was sitting there waiting for me like she always does. And then all of a sudden, I saw her walk towards me, and she faded away and disappeared. And this type of thing happens. I've noticed it happening a little bit lately because I'm trans. I'm my energy vibration is being changed to go to a new place, and so the um, animals or the people that are here where I am presently are no longer, they're not going to be exactly in that same place in the new universe that I'm going to, so it seems that they just fade away. And um, that's just one little simple example of some of the strange things that can tend to take place. You read my mind. The word strange did come. (laughs) (laughs) And I've seen, you know... Oh, I was going to say, I've seen, you know, before going to a new universe, I can see sometimes in my home the walls of the new universe, um, of the home in my the new universe that I'm going to extend it out a few inches or a few feet, like in a gray scale. And um, so I'm starting to transition over to the new place, and I can actually see the walls in a slightly different location than what they are in my current home. So things like that happen to me on a very um, frequent basis, I would say. So do you uh, sometimes summons it in in a kind of intentional manner, like when I do shamanic journeying or uh, astral projection or remote viewing? You know, it's a very deliberate process. Uh, Do you find yourself doing it deliberately, or does this just kind of happen and intrude in your in your activities of everyday life? Um, Up until recently, I wouldn't intend it to happen. It would just happen, you know, whenever it seemed like I would just jump whenever someone was in need of my help, and I didn't know they were in need of my help until after I had jumped to a new universe and then found myself all of a sudden trying to help somebody like the baby raccoons, for example. So... Um, at first it just seemed to happen whenever somebody needed help or when a major event would happen in my life, like my grandmother passed away in October, on October 5th, 2012, and I was transitioning over to a new universe at that time. So a major life-changing event can also be a trigger. And recently, though, um, because I seem to be going to places that are not so um, comfortable, not too positive, so I tend to not want to be there. And so I try to put an intent out there to go to a better place. And sometimes it seems to work and sometimes it doesn't. You know, it just depends. Have you ever, and when you go to those not so positive places, and I'd love to hear some examples, I'm sure, our listeners are now intrigued by your just very much saying that. Do you find yourself being able to affect a positive change, or does it cause you to bring back something that uh, makes you more enlightened in this particular universe? And what are those experiences like? Yes, I find that 
I was in one place, for example, in which it was just really strange. I mean, the people, um, they, the same people were there as the people in my life in every universe I've ever been to, but the people just seemed so different. Um, the people were grouchy. They were kind of mean and not very friendly. And then also the people just had kind of a blank stare on their fi- in their eyes. They, um, it almost seemed like they were robotic or something. I mean, they weren't robotic, but the way they looked, kind of like a blank stare on their face. And wow. it's it was just the oddest, strangest thing I've ever experienced. And But it seemed like I was there for about a week. And with my being there, I felt very positive. And even though the place was so negative, I felt very positive and uplifting uplifted myself and it seemed like my positive energy helped the people that were there instead of you know being in that mode of being you know negative and grouchy and cranky it seemed like at the end of my stay there the people started shifting to being more positive and not being you know in a negative mode of thinking and then what was it like to come back to i guess what you would call this universe um, I was relieved, <laughs> to be honest with you, because, you know, it's very uncomfortable to be in a place. It's kind of like you're a fish out of water. It's very uncomfortable, and it's very negative. The energy there can be very, very negative. That place, the energy in that place felt very chaotic and very negative. It was very hard for me to handle the energy. So leaving it behind made me made me feel very relieved and more at peace i wasn't feeling as chaotic or negative because the negative energy can start to eat away at you absolutely yeah so then so you mentioned like in your book that this is actually a physical presence that you have when you're in these different places do do you therefore disappear from one universe or is your consciousness slipping into another physical form of you or, or have you kind of delineated what this is and do people say yeah where were you for a week we thought you had <laughs> I mean, what on that level um you know when i at the time of writing my book i didn't really know exactly what was happening because um i thought you know it would be great if I could take a video camera and tape myself as all this was happening and then hope that I got back to my recording to see what a, what I would observe on the recording but I at that point when I wrote my book I would rarely return to a universe that I had left I would always go to a new one and not really return but lately I've been returning to the same ones over and over again and because of the experience that I had with my cat, you know, disappearing um, at the door when she was waiting for me, I tend to believe because my energy vibration changes to match the energy vibration of whatever universe I'm going to, I tend to believe that I just tend to completely disappear out of whatever universe I'm in so that I can go to the next universe. And... um And I think it's kind of strange to get this deep into it, but I really do. There's a book, um, I think his name is Michael Talbot, um, The Holographic Universe. He's the author of the. I read it a while ago, yes. Uh Yeah, and um, he explains about our reality being holographic in nature, and I tend to believe this the more that I experience these parallel universes because sometimes if I go to one universe I'll look old and haggard my hair will look gray and I just look like old and worn out and then other times I look more young and vibrant and my hair even you know looks different it doesn't look gray anymore so it's like I tend to think that I disappear out of one place and go to another but it's kind of like because everything is holographic we must go into that holographic uh, duplicate of ourselves that's in the particular universe we're going to. And I guess that's the only way I can explain why I would look old and haggard and worn out one minute and then the next look like I'm 18 years old or something, you know. (laughs) Uh, That is a really good book to reference because he is very much trying to talk about all the 
unresolved riddles of the brain and the mind and the interfaces with the various aspects of of what nature is, uh, the nature of different universes, the frontiers of different uh, types of physics. So that's a, a really good book to reference along with um, McTaggart's book, The Field. So we're trying to ground your experience in a lot of different authors and a lot of different uh, um, explorers in this particular idea. I'm wondering if you had ever considered the possibility that we simultaneously um, are a singularity in our in our identity in terms of the universe that we're in, but that we also have several different selves that are all us and that they are simultaneously existing in several different universes um, that uh, have similarity or approximate similarity or a lot of divergence from what we experience in our current timeline. And uh, and is there a, a way in which you feel like you're almost visiting one of those selves? Um, I mean, again, do you have people complaining, where were you? You've disappeared for a week. Um, or, or are you missing out like the abductees with the ETs? Are you missing out on like an hour of your life that you come back and you know you've lived, you, you've lived somewhere else for a week but it's only been an hour in this current timeline? I mean, what? how do you... How do you experience any of that? Or how do other people in your life experience you when you're out and about like this? Well, I notice, I have noticed, you know, time, losing chunks of time quite often. And But the strange thing is that when all of this seems to happen, when I go from one universe to another, nobody ever seems to be around me when it's happening. The only time I've ever had anybody around me when it happens is when I'm out with the animals that I feed and take care of the wildlife. And that it even happens very rarely when I'm in the presence of them. It usually happens when I'm totally alone. And um, nobody ever notices my having been gone except for in one situation that happened over the holidays. And this is the only time in several years that I've experienced traveling to parallel universes, my father um, called on the phone and evidently could not reach me and got panicked and called the police, you know, because he thought I had gone missing. And this happened just recently over the holidays. And um, this type of experience had never happened to me in all the times that I've traveled to parallel universes nobody's even noticed my being gone but I do notice that people when I go from one universe to another sometimes people will claim that I told them something or we had some sort of a conversation about something when I know for a fact that we never did have the conversation and I never said (laughs) what they're claiming that I said so I notice differences like that. Interesting. I mean, I have that now, and I always attributed that to uh, to being too busy and having my brain kind of slip into that Alzheimer moment. <laughs> Maybe, not. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. You never know. <laughs> a little bit of levity in the moment. I mean, it's a kind of a serious thing you're you're suggesting. You know, there are people who are going to say you're absolutely crazy. And uh, how do you deal with that very clear uh, statement that, you know, how do you deal with it? Uh, Yeah, doctors probably would say that um, I'm crazy and, you know, they say that people that hear voices are crazy and everything too and a lot of people may be very psychic or intuitive and be able to hear, you know, spirits or hear their spirit guides or whatever or even be able to communicate through telepathy from person to person. Um, and people have told me flat out to me personally that I am crazy, um, family members. So I don't, I have to, the way I handle it is I can't tell everybody everything. I don't, right. a lot of my family members and friends, they don't even know I'm an author or if they know I am, they have no oh, idea wow. what I'm they don't even know what I'm writing about, and I use a pen name so they can't find what it is I'm writing about. So, oh my goodness! Uh, so, um, and it's just because in the past, just sharing simple articles on Facebook or wherever, 
about simple things like dream interpretation or something that isn't, you know, too far-fetched. You know, I've been attacked by people. And so Mm. I've learned that, you know, I have to be very careful with who I share information with. That's a very interesting point. Now, I, I author under my own name, and I do realize that there are certain books that I know that the general uh, community in the field of clinical psychology would scoff at or the general community of even uh, individuals that I work with would scoff at. At the same time, I feel like I'm courageously trying to say we have got to expand our understanding of what it means to be human because we have tasks ahead of us um, that any earth, earth science scientist or any astrophysicist declare that we have tasks ahead of us as human beings, whether it's traveling to other planets, um, we have tasks ahead of us, whether it's surviving um, global warming, we have tasks ahead of us, and we have got to rise above our typical way of just going about surviving our day. And therefore, we have got to think beyond our normal way of contemplating what life is all about and what it, the tools are available to us as human beings. So it is a, a, an act of courage, and yet I think that people need to hear messages that make them think outside the box, and certainly that's what you're saying. Now, in terms of you applying this information to other people's lives, their well-being, their evolution, what, uh, under your pen name, are you advocating? Well, I what I hope to do is just bring awareness to people, like you said, to help people to think more outside of the box, to bring awareness to people that, you know, there's more to life than the physical, everyday, daily routine that we're living in, you know, the illusion that we're living in. So for me, it's bringing awareness to people, and hopefully in that way it will open people's minds up enough so that they can begin to grow and it will bring enlightenment to people. And so that's usually what my focus is, to inform people and help them and enlighten them by bringing my, sharing my experiences with them. And a lot of people send me emails and ask about their situations. You know, they explain an experience that they've had and wonder if they could have been traveling to parallel universes or they might ask for some sort of advice or something. And so I think in that way it helps people as well. It's very interesting. Okay, now I know that in uh, one of your books you have a lot of meditations that people can utilize that help them travel to different um, aspects of themselves, past lives, um, so forth, and beyond. Can you, in the first half of this program, give us a meditation that might help us journey to a parallel universe on behalf of our own welfare or the welfare of other people? Um, As far as um, parallel universes, because I experience traveling the parallel universes actually by going in my physical body through portals or my energy vibration is adjusted and because I don't really have, um, how do I say, I really usually don't have control over where I'm going and when I'm going. I don't have a meditation-type process to help people to do that. And then I'm skeptical about doing it anyways because you never know where you're going to end up. <laughs> mm. So, But I do have meditations if people want to explore past lives or anything else along that nature, though, that I could help people with. Okay. You know, we have had uh, Heather uh, Friedman Rivera, I don't know if you're aware of her amazing research on the efficacy and the benefit of individuals doing past life regressions, whether they believe in past life or reincarnation or not. And I would recommend any individual to listen to that program as well as to investigate the um, the psychological, emotional, and uh, interpersonal benefits such uh, travels have had. What benefits to past life regressions have you noted as a practitioner and also on yourself? For me, myself, and also with, with other people, it can be very healing because I have found through my own healing that... Um, 
a lot of my issues in my present life actually have root causes back in a past life, you know, way before I was incarnated as my current self. And so when we use past life regression, we can actually remove those blockages or take care of those issues from the past so that whatever problems we're having in our present life can be eliminated as well. So okay. for me, it's been very healing and therapeutic. Can you give us an example either from your life or someone else that you've assisted without breaking any sort of confidentiality or privacy that can encapsulate the benefits of this type of exploration? Um, yes, I actually um, I speak fluent Spanish and. So when I was unemployed years ago, I thought, well, maybe I should teach some Spanish lessons to people or become a Spanish tutor. You know, it's something I would enjoy. So I went around town and posted up signs and advertised online and really promoted it and found a few people interested but didn't find enough business, you know, to keep, you know, myself sustained for any long period of time it didn't it wasn't earning me a very good living and a lot of the students that I would teach to they seemed to not be too interested or too serious about it Um, it seemed like their spouse or somebody else was more interested in having them learn Spanish than what they were so it was kind of a negative situation I didn't enjoy it very much for those reasons and however even when I decided to let it go, um, I still had that nagging thought coming into my mind constantly, go be a Spanish teacher, go be a Spanish teacher. So one day when I was using past life regression during a past life, um, I found out that back in the 1800s I was a lady who Um, left her husband and ended up homeless out on the street. And back then in the 1800s, you know, there weren't very many options for careers for women. And and, um, it was just really hard. And I wasn't educated during that past life. And so I told myself, I gave instructions to my past life self to that I was going to give all of my knowledge of Spanish to my past life self because I found out during the past life regression that when I integrated myself fully into that past life um, character that I used to be, I couldn't even count from one to five in Spanish. I didn't know any words in Spanish at all. But I gave myself my current knowledge of Spanish, and I told the past life me to um, go take that Spanish knowledge and go start a business teaching the wealthy people in the 1800s their children Spanish. And... um, After I did that, my nagging in my present life of being a Spanish teacher completely disappeared and no longer bothers me. I don't feel like I need to be a Spanish teacher anymore because I feel like that's already been fulfilled in my past. And so that's one of the ways, yeah, that's one of the ways I've used it to help get over a situation that kept nagging me and bothering me when I had no interest in pursuing it any longer you know this is um this that it's an interesting thing that you say because you're you're suggesting that we can go back and inspect a change in a past life we could can essentially modify the timelines of the past um, that's an interesting loop of logic in terms of time travel what how do you um, decide that you can be that proactive about your past lives to create changes Um, The thought came to me one day, um, I was having trouble letting go of that nagging feeling of being a Spanish teacher, go out and be a Spanish teacher, even though I had already attempted it and not been successful at it, that nagging was still there, and for some reason, the thought occurred to me, you know, while you're doing past life regression, just go back to one of your past lives in which you were poor, and you know, help yourself in the past and let yourself be successful as a Spanish teacher. And um, I think what it did, it, it healed me because I went through, you know, I, st- I was starving on the street as a homeless person in that past life, and so it, it healed me and allowed me to move forward in my present life. So 
I don't know if it really changed my past or whether it just allowed me to heal, but I did change my past life memory of it anyways. <laughs> well, that's interesting. That, that's, uh, again, I'm, I'm impressed with the way in which is a part of you that's an interventionist that you decide there's got to be something you can do about it, so go ahead and do it. You know, supposed to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you're not there to spectate. You are actually there to try to affect a change of some sort. Um, that, that's that's a fascinating quality about you. Is that something that has emerged recently, or you've just watched that all your life? Um, especially since I've delved into the metaphysical and spiritual type knowledge, you know, and information, it seems like when I started using hypnosis and past life regression, it just seemed like somebody else, like there was divine guidance happening, and it seemed like I was always being guided to try new and interesting things, and that's, you know, one example, and I wrote a blog article about another example in which I went into a past life, and I was there to do some healing work, but I stumbled upon some kids that were on the street who were going hungry, some little kids, and the thought occurred to me while doing the past life regression to go donate them or give them some coins, and then I watched the boys go buy some bread with the coins and eat. And interestingly, in my current life, a couple days later, someone showed up, a friend of mine, and they brought a couple of loaves of French bread and gave them to me. So it's kind of like... Even oh, though wow. I was in a, doing past life regression and allowed someone else to buy some bread, then it manifested bread into my current life. <laughs> so I just, wow. all these interesting things, are, I feel divinely guided, I guess, is how it happens. And, 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 and Trish, this is very um, poignantly exactly the reason I delve into these sorts of aspects of things. Is I have a funny feeling that those individuals who are willing to embrace their spirituality in all sorts of different ways and then express it proactively in terms of being able to assist themselves and others, that we will actually find ourselves to be so incredibly capable of creating very positive outcomes for the evolution of human beings, the human, humankind and beyond, um, that we won't feel the powerlessness that uh, banks or the Illuminati or big governments or, um, or you know, powers that express threatening sorts of things to the human nature, the existence of humankind. We won't feel them to be more powerful than we are. We will actually trust ourselves in the collective and individually to go out and make a difference because we now know how to exercise our spiritual presence in all of this happening. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but that seems to be what you're manifesting uh, in terms of your interventions. Uh, yes, I definitely think so because it seems, you know, that whatever I do, it ends up having some sort of a positive influence, you know, on my present life and mm -hmm. um, the lives of others. So it's definitely more of a self-empowerment sort of thing, and that's what I was hoping with writing my book about the meditations. Um, I was hoping to help people also to start exploring some of the things that I've explored because it's been so fascinating. Mm -hmm. No question it's fascinating. Uh, what have been, uh, in your uh, evolution, the most pivotal spiritual tools that you've seen catapult you forward in, in, your, in your own emotional and psychological and physical power? The most uh, powerful spiritual tools. Um, yeah. I would say it's definitely um, the hypnosis and past life regression has been one of the most powerful tools that I've used to catapult me. And I learned about it from reading books because when I first awakened spiritually, I couldn't get enough of metaphysical you know, information and knowledge from reading books. And I found out that some of the most fascinating books that are written are written by hypnotherapists and past life regressionists. And mm -hmm. so if people read those types of books, I mean, it gives you ideas of some of the things to try and some really fascinating information. So that's been a, a big tool to catapult me to explore these different areas. So this is uh, facilitated in your book called The Meditations for Past Lives, Star Seeds, and 
soulmates. And I would encourage everybody to pick a copy of that up, and you are on Amazon. Um, and also you have a website called Beyond Three Books, 3dbooks.com, Beyond Three D Books, B E Y O N D three, the number three, D B O O K S dot com. Um, do you want to give us an example of past life regression meditations, and then we can move on to understanding about star seeds and numerology? But give us an example of past life uh, meditations. Um, yes, um, some of the meditations that I've done. Um, because I'm always curious about everything, you can find out just about anything. Um, there are some areas that I've found that are seem to be off limits. Um, you'll only be shown what you can handle at any given moment. But I've explored, you know, the first life that I've ever lived, my first life on the Earth. Um, I've explored whether or not I lived on another planet at any point in time. Um, the most relevant life that I've ever lived and, you know, that's the most relevant to my current life. And um, I've used past life or hypnosis actually to even delve into seeing if I'll live any future lives and if there are any alternate reality lives that another part of my soul is living anywhere. So you can really use it to explore a lot of different areas. Mm. Okay, so folks, do experiment with that. You can do it on your own. You can do it with Trisha in person, or you can use her meditations. And now, Trisha, talk to us about star seeds and numerology. Which topic is next? Numerology or star seeds? <laughs> um, we could talk about star seeds. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, that's an interesting topic in terms of what uh, you know. Stan Romanek is now revealing that he is, uh, you know, part of a star seed related to the population of ETs, uh, extraterrestrials, uh, but I don't know if that's what you're referring to. So what's your take on this term, starseeds? Yes. Um, I've Before I started getting into metaphysics years ago, I didn't even know what a starseed was, but after beginning to study metaphysics and then coming into contact with people, especially on Facebook, there are a lot of Facebook groups out there on starseeds, Right. And star seeds, star seeds are people that have lived elsewhere on a different planet, and some people are here for the first time, and usually they're here to assist humanity in some way. And some people were on another planet at some other point in time in the past. Um, so, star seeds are people that have been elsewhere; they've been incarnated elsewhere other than on the Earth. And where are you on this? Uh, where am I? Yes, are you um, one of the star seeds? Well, I found out through doing past life regression that I used to be on the Pleiades. Uh, I'm Pleiadian, but from a very, very long time ago, from like 250,000 years ago or so. So mm -hmm. I've been incarnating on the Earth for a very long time. So I guess that explains why... Um, I don't, I feel like, I've never felt like I've 100% belonged here on the earth, nor um, mm -hmm. that I totally fit in, and I have a hard time standing why it's such a dark and violent place. It really bothers me, all the violence and the darkness. It, it's right. really hard to be, it's really hard for me to be here. But at the same time, because I've been on the earth incarnating for such a long time, it, the earth feels more like home than, you know, some far off distant planet somewhere else, even though I can't handle the negativity here. <laughs> so it's kind of hard because I feel like I'm straddling, you know, two different places. You can't handle the negativity here and don't feel like I 100% belong, but yet I don't feel like I belong on some foreign environment somewhere else neither. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. You know, I, I sometimes believe that uh, you know we are uh, we are called to be peaceful, but we're also called to have the strength of warriors. Um, because since there are so many people that, by nature, or by pleasure, or by power hunger, or by misguidance, or having suffered experiences of aggression, 
that they have formed a very huge part of themselves as warriors out of aggression, that they love it, they hunger for it, either sadistically or power-wise, or we can go on and on and on. So that the powers that do exist here on the planet Earth um, that are, have a proclivity toward aggression is not something that we can um, be ignorant to. And then our own need to be uh, spiritual warriors and warriors is kind of antithetical to those of us who want to have a peaceful life that evolves uh, along those lines of love and compassion and kindness and creativity. Um, but that nonetheless we are charged to interface if we go out and venture in the, in the world at all with people who are have this proclivity for many of reasons to be aggressive. So what do you think of our own need to develop um, or harness our tools as spiritual warriors? Um, well, I feel that once we evolve enough spiritually, um, we won't be aggressive and dark and negative, you know. And so I think it's just a matter of being more evolved and enlightened, um, although sometimes we may play a role in someone else's spiritual development, and it might call for us to be in uncomfortable situations in which we're being the one giving someone else tough love. And I find mm-hmm. myself in that situation yeah. a lot. I'm I'm normally like a gentle, peaceful soul, but it seems like over the past few months, it seems like I've been thrown into situations in which I've gone into almost like a trance-like state, which is kind of strange in which I'm behaving in a way that I normally don't, but I can later on see the lessons for myself and for others that tend to come out of such uncomfortable situations. So I think it all depends on how much evolution we've attained, but I think it also has to do with all of our role-playing that needs to take place between individuals so that we can evolve our consciousness. It's a, it, it's one of the aspects, again, of you know, what does it mean to be spiritually empowered in mm-hmm. light of the realities that we encounter at any given moment, to be spiritually empowered when we live in a mental, emotional, and physical domain. Um, it, 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 we, I, I just don't want us to shortchange ourselves into thinking how applicable that is. So it's interesting that you feel like you, you, you somewhat channel a very different type of intervention. Well, we have enough time to kind of explore numerology, and I know that you were hesitant to do that because you said it's very complex, takes a lot of time, and I want people to know that, that your hesitation uh, to do so. But you have this um, Manifesting Success in Relationships, Career, and Business via Numerology book, and I want to exit in our last seven minutes of this program with people thinking about how that might also be of assistance to them as a spiritual tool. So walk us into that and let us know what that means. Uh, yes, numerology is a science based on numbers and what numerology is used for is um, you take your birth name that was given at birth and you convert the letters to numbers and you also use your the numbers in your birth date and the numbers that you get um, can be used to form a profile about you because each of the numbers vibrate at a certain energy vibration and so each of the numbers have specific meanings and so depending on what name you were given at birth and what date you were born um, that tells you what kind of energy you were born with and what kind of energy you're carrying throughout your life and how that energy is affecting you and it's very very interesting because you can find a lot of good information about it. Um, for instance, you know where your, uh, what's your deepest heart's desire, um, what kind of talents and abilities you might have. Some of them that you might not even be aware of, and how other people's p- people perceive you. And you can find out a lot of interesting information from it. And do you include kind of that analysis in this book uh, where they can go through the various types of uh, 
number analysis and then and, and see what you describe about them in your book? Uh, yes, on the book that I wrote, Manifesting Success in Relationships, Career, and Business via Numerology, um, rather than taking the people through the profiles that I mentioned, you know, about their personality and their talents and everything. Um, this book is a different um, angle of numerology in that it tells people what kind of energy they're carrying, but it also helps them to figure out what kind of energy other people are carrying and even what kind of energy a business that they might be wanting to start, what kind of energy that business will carry, or if they're going to use a pen name, what kind of energy the pen name will carry, or if they're going to be in a romantic relationship with somebody, you know, what will the outcome eventually be in that romantic relationship based on the energy of the person they're with and based on their own energy. So it's quite interesting, you know, how you can determine the interactions between the different energies of the people and the places and the things that we interact with. So how did you determine for yourself um, that numbers did have these different types of energies and that they were pertinent to you being able to flow forward in your life? Well, I started becoming interested in numerology and as a result of it, I started using it on a daily basis and I almost became, I wouldn't say a fanatic about it, but using it you know, throughout my day several times a day and then for some reason, I just always feel like I'm being divinely guided. I realized that certain outcomes were happening when I interacted with certain people or certain products or whatever. And so I got curious one day and I de- figured out the numerology for the other people and the products or whatever I was interacting with and found out that there was some truth into how you can determine um, your interaction and what it will eventually be between yourself and the other people or with the other people and yourself and in certain situations. So it's kind of like I um, stumbled upon it, you know, and figured it out based on my experiences. That's so interesting. I know that the people who say the, the Kabbalah or the, the, the Kabbalah um, or individuals who, you know, like uh, Carl Sagan had his book about contact and, how numbers were going to be the primary source of communication because they would have uh, language embedded in them that could be decoded. And, of course, we're finding that book was written long before computers were uh, delineated in their binary system. And um, I mean, numbers have had significance, and theoretical mathematics is fascinated by how we can look at nature through fractal analysis, which is a mathematical analysis of every single thing that's living and not living in terms of their molecular structure or just their fractal patterns. So it's interesting that you talk about the vibrations of numbers and if we were to be able to delineate what the factual facts, I can say it, the uh, fracture, fractal patterns of uh, everything that's around us, you might actually see kind of what you see in the movie Matrix, where you can see the, the delineation of it all in kind of some sort of formula, this mass formula. But I don't know if any of that is what you're talking about, but it's what my mind contemplates as you're making reference to this. How does that fit or it, not fit your own experience? It, it seems that way to me. It, it seems like there's a pattern and a rhyme and reason to all of it, so it reminds me of that as well. Interesting. Well, Trish, Trisha, how can they contact you and get a hold of your book yet again? Uh, how can they do some spiritual counseling with you? Um, and then what are these statements you'd like to say as we move into the closure here? How do we contact um, you? And what's your final yes. final thought? Uh, yes, they can through my website, and that's beyond, and then the number three, and then D, like David, books.com, beyond3dbooks.com. And I d- they can contact me through the website. And I'm also on Facebook. Um, they can look up the word writer and then Trish Lesage on Facebook, um, or just Trish Lesage. And my Facebook um Link is actually facebook.com and then backslash writer Trish Lesage. 
And I'm on okay. LinkedIn as well and Twitter Wonderful. under Trish Lesage. Do you have any uh, email addresses, phone numbers so they can contact you? Uh, yes, they can contact me at beyond3dbooks at beyond3dbooks.com. Okay. And that's the email address. Okay, very good. And what do you want our listeners to walk away with as they, they decide to go about their day? Um, just, you know, that there's a lot of interesting information, you know, that people can learn that can expand their horizons and open their minds, you know, just be open-minded. And um, a lot of hypnotherapists, they have written very interesting books. And to me, you know, they've really pushed themselves out of side of the box, you know, as far as exploring mm-hmm. these different kinds of topics. So if people want to learn more, you know, those are the areas that they where they can learn the most from, in my opinion. Wonderful. Well, everybody, this is Trish Lesage, L-A-S-A-G-E, Lesage, which I'm sure has symbolism in and of itself. And you have been introduced to and encouraged to think outside your box and examine that maybe what you thought was your potential and your tools was just the beginning in your life. Tricia, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, thank you also equally so much for sharing your time with us. And we wish you power and peace and lots of fun. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.